Yes, Jesus. You're in this room right now, God. You're filling up the hearts in this room right now, God. Lord, I ask that after service today, that everyone leaves and has safe travel to their next destination, God. Lord, I ask that you bless each and every person that comes today, that wherever they go tomorrow, they are safe, God. I pray that we all continue to follow your ways, God, and not to seek the ways of the devil, God. Just thank you, God, for everything you've done for us. Everything you've created in this world. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our friends, God. I pray that you continue to put the right people in our lives, God, so we do not fall on the wrong path, God. I thank you, God. Oh, Father God, we're so grateful this morning. Oh, Father, as I sit and I think about everything you've done for me, God. Father, I can't help but be unraveled, God. I cannot help but be just melting in your presence, God. Father, you've been so good to me, God. Oh, Father, as I remember where you've brought me from, God, I am undone in your presence. Oh, you brought me from darkness and death, God, into love that I did not deserve. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you this morning, God. Father, I just ask you for that prison ministry. I ask you for that prison ministry, God. I ask that you would wreck those hearts. That as those volunteers go in, that those prisoners would receive your words, God. And that they would receive forgiveness and they would receive your love, God. Oh, Father, we love you. God, I ask this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, God. I ask this morning, God, that there would be supernatural encounters with you, Jesus. God, I ask for supernatural encounters with you, Jesus. 
God, I ask that those who come and sit, those who come and stand, those who have been wanting to hear your voice will hear your voice, that those who've been wanting to feel your presence would be overwhelmed with your presence this morning, God, that those who don't even believe you're real would be wrecked, God, and that they would know that there is a God on this earth, there is a God in heaven who we serve, and his name is Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would wreck us, that you would bring us and show us your goodness. Oh, God, open our eyes that we may see how much you love us, God, how much you love us, God. Father, we just rebuke, God, shame, God. We rebuke shame, God, and and we rebuke self-guilt, God, and and we rebuke self-hate, God, in the name of Jesus. And, God, we plead the blood of Jesus right now over our families, and we say we are more than enough, and we say we are conquerors, and we say we are the head and not the tail. We say we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and we love you, Father. And although we didn't deserve it, you brought us in and you made us your sons and daughters. And Jesus, we are forever grateful. Oh, Lord, I am grateful, Jesus. Oh, Father, would you continue to, would you continue to create a heart after your own heart in this place, God? Would you continue, Father, continue to make us a grateful people? God, I ask that you would just make us a grateful people. In Jesus' mighty name. God, make us a grateful people. Remind us who we are when we forget. Remind us how far we've come. Remind us when we didn't have a job. Remind us when we were broke. Remind us of where we come from when we had a drug addiction or whatever. God, remind us who we are. Even while we were dead in sin, you loved us. You loved us. You loved us, Jesus. Oh, God, I'm so grateful. Oh, I stir up living waters in this place. Oh, God, give us living water. Oh, Jesus, give us living water. Oh, Jesus, we're thirsty for living water. God, we're not, we won't settle with religion. We're not here to settle with a religious service. God, I want you. I want you, the living God, the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He who is able to open the scroll, I want you, Jesus. I want to know you more and more every day. Oh God, would you help us to fall in love with you? Help us to fall in love with you, Jesus. Oh God, my heart burns for you, Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, come and move, come and move. Holy Spirit, this morning, Holy Spirit, we give you control. Holy Spirit, this morning, I say, take the wheel. Be the captain of the host. Lead us this morning. We have come to worship you and follow you. We have not come to put you in a box, oh God. 
We have not come to put you in a box. We have not come to tell you when service starts and when service ends. We have come this morning to say you are Lord and King and we will worship you and we will love on you. Whether it goes one hour or three, God, we will worship you and love you. Oh God. Father, I ask as we get to worshiping, I ask that as we start to dance and we start to sing, God, that your Holy Spirit would start making a way for those prayers to be answered, God, for healing to take place, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Oh God, as we worship with darkness, flee. As we worship with healing, come. God, as we worship with your glory, descend in this place, God. Oh God, I am ready to be crushed by your glory, God. Oh, I am ready to be crushed by your glory, God. Oh, I am ready to lay on my face because your glory is so strong and heavy. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. You are Lord and you are king of this service. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. Y'all go on, yeah. You start playing.
just see in my mind the scene of Jesus coming in and they're laying the palm branches, you know? That's what I feel we're doing in the spirit right now. We're just laying down the branches. And we're just saying, come in, we're making a way. We're making room, come in.
Just you voices. Unity in the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Unity in your spirit, one spirit, one mind. One spirit, one mind. The mind of Christ Jesus. Mind of Christ Jesus. We declare right now the mind of Christ Jesus as your spirit fills us up.
Come on, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stay right there. Stay right there. Hang on. I don't want you to get caught up in the words this morning. This is the house of miracles. I don't want you to think miracle means uh, raising somebody from the dead. It can mean that. But there's a miracle that needs to happen in your life this morning. Whatever you came in with, whatever needs resurrected in your life, whatever it is you're stumbling upon, whatever came upon you this last week, maybe you said something, maybe you did something, whatever that is, we need to breathe life into that this morning. Okay, it could be a restoration of your marriage, a resurrection power. What needs to be resurrected in your life? That's what we bring to the feet of Jesus this morning. So in everybody's miracles different. Everybody's miracles different. My miracle was in a place like this that I had never gone to church before. And when I show up, people got their hands raised and I'm on my last moment, ready to, my marriage was done. And I said, my miracle would be, Lord, if you can save my marriage, I'm, I, I'll say yes to everything. And I didn't know what people were doing. I don't know why they were raising their hands. And I just sat back there going, this is weird. But then he hit me. Then he hit me. And my, that was my miracle that day. Okay, it didn't have to be something major. The healing could be healing in your heart. The healing could be healing in relationships. Could be any of that stuff. So what is it you walked in with today that's broken on the inside of you that needs to be restored? What is it that you need to lay at the feet of Jesus? What is it you just need to surrender to him? Because your miracle's waiting today. Your miracle's here today. Your miracle can happen today. Don't judge your, your miracle against anybody else's miracle. <laughs> Yours is just as important. If it's a little one, it's just as big as a big one. Because it's yours. So let's worship. Let's go back into that this morning. I want, I want to go back into this this morning because he's here. And he's ready to change lives this morning. He's ready to restore this morning. He's ready to, man, he is ready to breathe life into whatever it is that got suppressed in your life because somebody said it or you said it to yourself. It's all fixing to change this morning if you'll just surrender that to him. If you'll just lay it at his feet. So come on, let's worship. Let's go back into that.
Nothing else is needed when the.
all we want. Come on. We just want him. We don't, we don't do this just to meet on a Sunday to check it off a list. 
But we do this so we can gather as a family and we can sit in his presence. And when we do that, when we surrender to him, he'll start changing stuff inside of you. Things will just be different. Things feel different. Things move different. You start acting different. Things change when you sit at his feet. When all you want is him. When all you seek is him. So we come because we want to be in his presence. We come to worship him. We come to worship him. That's why we come here. That's why worship's usually longer than the word. Because we gather to worship him and thank him for everything he's doing. Thank him for who he is. Hmm. But in doing that, his presence show up. And when his presence shows up, things change. See, so, so the end result is things change. That's not the first. We don't just come here so things will change. Right? We come here to seek his face. And when we seek his face, what comes after that, a cause of the reaction to that of seeking his face is things change. Right? So, so, so that's why we come in with an open heart of worship to just say, Lord, you have your way. You do what you want to do. We're here to worship you. We just want to sit at your feet. And out of that, man, Things just start to move and things start to change and hearts get mended and families get restored. Man. So Father, all we want is you. Just give us Jesus. That's all we want. <laughs> everything else is the byproduct of him. So we just seek him with everything. So Father, we surrender to you this morning. We love you, Lord. We love you, we love you, we love you, and we thank you. And we just seek your face. We surrender to you. Have your way in this house. Have your way in our homes, in our schools, in our work. Have your way in this region, Father God, in this nation, Lord. Father, have your way in this world, Father. We surrender it all to you. Father, we just love you. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Come on. Can we get excited this morning? It's so good in here. Come on. It's so good in here. Let's thank him for his presence this morning. Come on. Woo. I like it. Turn the lights up. We want to go say hi to people. Shake hands. Uh, talk to somebody. We'll be right back.
washed from the inside I've been washed from the inside out had a countdown. Did anybody look at the countdown? Everybody that's sitting in here looked at the countdown. Everybody that's still out in the foyer, they didn't even know there was a countdown. And the countdown was actually for them. <laughs> Not that we don't want you to talk. I mean, family's fun. We like to do that, but eventually we got to move on. So we figured the countdown would at least kind of keep things moving in the right direction. Not, you know, so really good stuff. I'm just excited everybody's here. You guys having a good time this morning? Yes. You guys ready for a good word this morning? Yes. Me too. Come on. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I got to find this right here. So, uh, well, first off, welcome and uh, thanks for coming out. We had a uh, phenomenal morning this morning. Absolutely loving everything. If you are new here, uh, I, I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at the gathering place. We love you guys. We love this family. Uh, we love what God's doing. And all my notes are no longer here, so that's fine. I don't, I don't need my notes because they're really just announcements, so it doesn't matter. Uh, if you are new here, do me a favor. Fill out a Connect card. You can get one of those in the big wooden desk in the foyer. We'll get you one, and we'll get an usher to get you one. We just want you to let us know you were here if you're new because we want to reach out to you, pray for you, explain a little bit about the church, answer questions. That's it. So uh, we can't do that if you don't tell us you were here. That's so important. So uh, please take some time, fill that out because uh, we're excited to have you. I'm really excited about what God's doing. We had an amazing morning this morning, meet the family. Uh, it was great. I love it when we get our leadership all in one and we have uh, new families or families that's been here for a while that's never got to meet all the leadership, the elders, trustees, and, and we just got to sit down and talk and chat and share and absolutely love that. Don't, we do that once every eight weeks. So next time you see it come up, Nine o'clock, that's the time to, to come on over and join us once every couple months we do that. So if you want to meet everybody and ask questions and that's the time to do it, it's really, really good. So uh, basically what I want to do is jump into our announcements. And since my notes don't work, you got my notes. So we'll just throw some stuff up here. This is an important production meeting today, right after, right after service today. There's going to be, if you're interested in production, if you're interested in just helping out, look, here's the thing. Like I said last time, we don't have members in our church. We have owners, and owners have responsibilities. So when you own something, you have responsibilities. So members have rights, owners have responsibilities. That's why we don't have members. You don't have any rights. You do have responsibilities. So in other words, we're, we're, we're casting this out. This is all going online. We, we, got, we got a live stream audience that watches every week. We have people that watch from Charlotte. We have people that watch from all over the place. Um, that's just a family of ours that comes down and visits every once in a while from Charlotte. And, uh, and they watch online. But we have people that all over the world that tune in, military people and everything. So we have to do that. That's important. So to make that happen, to make the sound quality happen, to make our online happen, our cameras in the back, everything, slides, we need people that actually help with those. So it, 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 all it takes is a little bit of want in your heart to do it. You don't, we train you on everything. So it's not that bad. They went, I went back there and actually they showed me how to click the button to change the slide. That was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I got trained on that. That's so important. So I actually ripped my headset off earlier. Is it making noise? Is that good? Is that better? If I stop moving, I can, I can talk like a robot. All right. But yeah, be here for that. This is going to be huge. If you have any interest, you want to help out, you have a responsibility to make sure other people can experience the same thing that you experience. So please uh, come out right after service. We're going to have food. Uh, it's going to be awesome, but we're going to talk to you. Uh, Ryan in charge of production back here. He's going to take, take care of that. And Allison and we look, we just, man, it's so important we do that. It's so important we do that. So please come on out, be part of that team. What's next? Tuesday at the table. Hey, that's this Tuesday, y'all. Come on, I'm excited. Chili at the church right here, 6 o'clock. We do this once a month, Tuesday at the table. It's like a midweek service, but we do it once a month. A little more intimate. We just sit in here. We bring food. So bring a side dish, bring a dessert. Uh, we're going to have chili. It's going to be fun. And I'm going to continue talking about kingdom leadership and what that is and how you apply that in your life. Last time we had a good crowd come out. If you're interested in that, come on out. It's really good stuff. So please show up for that. Even if you just like the fellowship, we do have child care. So if you need child care, let us know. If you know you're coming, let us know. This way we can make sure we have enough child care. And if not, if it's a stir of the moment, spur of the moment thing, just come on out and bring your kids. We got closets. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm just kidding. We would never do that. <laughs> would never do that. <laughs> Angel Tree, look, uh, next week is the deadline for that. So we want to help out everybody in the, in the family here. So if you need help during the holidays, please uh, fill out that paperwork. Let us know. Uh, we have all that stuff out on Connection Point. We definitely want to take care of you uh, throughout the holiday season. So uh, if you need help with the Angel Tree, uh, all the information's up there. So just get that out to me. What's next? I like this. It's like I got a clicker. Our Mexico trip in December. Look, I'm excited about this, y'all. Um, going back to Mexico, this will be our second time this year. Second time ever for me, which is awesome, but only second time this year. We have eight people going this time. The first time it was just me uh, and Brother Bo, and it was really cool to go down with him and see what they do. And now we're taking eight people, which is going to be amazing because I really believe God's going to show us a way and, and bring us people that want to be missionaries, that want to do this. Um, so if you're in, look, right now we've already ordered tickets. We've got all that stuff taken care of. Um, so we're ready, we're ready to go. The biggest thing is we're having a meeting on the 14th. Um, I'm just off the top of my head. It's the 14th right here. So uh, show up on the 14th. I'll have to get the time out there because it's not on my notes. Might have been on last week's notes. I don't know why it didn't upload. I just did it during break. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the Mexico trip, show up. I got information for you. So if you're going on that trip, uh, please be here. Is the 14th, what is the 14th? Monday. Monday. And we have prayer, so right there you go. You're going to be here anyway. Um, be right here. I think 5 o'clock was our time frame on that. So uh, just be right here. And uh, it's going to be great. We got tons of information about what to wear, how it's going to go, every place we're going to go, itinerary, how that's going to flow. But we are set to go. So just be praying for us as we go down. This is not a normal, like, just so you know, our mission trips are not like, hey, let's take a group of people down and let's go to someplace and, and, and just like feed them or something. Like we're going into the villages, we're preaching the gospel, we're going down there to people that have never heard the gospel before. Uh, we're walking up mountains and we, we are actually going out and doing that mission. That's what we do. So I'm excited about that. Last time was my first time and it was absolutely amazing. Um, so please just be praying for us and that's out there. Next. Am I missing anything? Man. Um, 
Oh, I do want to talk about, we did have an amazing turnout yesterday. I want to thank everybody that showed up We'd, for the Walk for Life with the River Region Pregnancy Center. Uh, we actually took our Bread of Life truck out there. We fed everybody that showed up. It was like 150 people. Uh, we fed them as a church family, and we got to bless them as they showed up to Walk for Life. So if you don't know what the River Region Pregnancy Center is, it's a place that educates and gives resources and, and helps moms that, that are, are wavering on what do I do. What do I do? And they're there to comfort them and say, look, we can give you free ultrasounds. They, we actually um, have a program over there where we coach dads. So the young dads that are to be dads, we're like, hey, we're going to team you up with a mentor, uh, a good father that can say, hey, this is what you need to start doing for your family. It's a phenomenal program. Um, so they, had a, they just had a grand opening. Yeah, you can clap to that. That's good stuff. We support them. They're part of our mission. So we support them monthly financially, but we also get to pour into what they're doing. Um, which is just helping families and helping babies. And, and that's what we love. So uh, next time you hear stuff about that or you want to get involved, you can contact them directly and see how you can get involved. They just got a brand new building. They just reopened it or remodeled it and opened it on the 1st of November. So beautiful facility, downtown Prattville. So please uh, be part of that. That's about all I can think of that I was actually going to talk about. I'm thinking, this is me thinking. All right. So, Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you. I thank you for everything you're doing in this house. And this morning, Father, I ask you to uh, just continue to be with us, Lord. Bless the word. Bless the message. Father, we surrender it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, last week was phenomenal. Um, who enjoyed last week? Come on. Our students came out. Student Sunday, they led worship. They led serving online. They did everything. Uh, we had an eight-year-old. And a 12-year-old give a message that was powerful and impactful. I, I, I got messages throughout the week from people saying, that was awesome, and I needed that. And I was like, that's because God can speak through an 8-year-old, and God can speak through a 12-year-old. And our job is to equip them and train them up into their gifts and let them go, which is huge. Uh, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So if you like that, man, it's coming again. We do it every fifth Sunday. Uh, every time we have a, a five-Sunday month, then one of those Sundays, the students are going to run the house, and it's pretty awesome. Um, but they can't do that without amazing leaders. So let's give it up for Kevin, Crystal, and their team. That's huge. So since they led last week, I really just really thought that Kevin really wanted to just come up and share an amazing word. So we've been talking about this, and he has a word for us this morning. Um, so I'm excited about that because I wanted, this is the person that pours into your students. So I think it's important that he gets to speak to the family. I think it's important that you get to hear what, what's in his heart, what's on his, his heart, how he's hearing from the Lord. So let's welcome Kevin up. He's our associate pastor, y'all. I shouldn't have to introduce him. Come on, Kev. It's all yours, brother. I love you, man. All righty. Ooh, they turned yours off. I'm so sorry. All right. <laughs> All right, welcome to The Gathering Place. My name is Pastor Kevin. Um, welcome if you are new here. Uh, I am really, really excited to be here. If you don't know me or you've never heard me teach or preach, just know to hang on, all right? I get really excited when it comes to God's Word. Um, you know, some people are different. I'm me. I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I'm just me, and I love God's Word. And so this morning, we're going to be reading a lot of Bible, okay? But it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be reading the Word of God, but also I'm going to give you the Kevin version a lot of times. So if you don't know, know, if you don't know what that is, 
the Kevin version is just my version, okay, of the Bible. So, um, you know, you can find it in just the gathering place. This is, all, <laughs> this is the only place you can find it in. It's going to be awesome. I am excited. So look at Pastor DJ leaving. I can't believe you. And, you know, old Pastor DJ, he wasn't prepared. See, that's why. I'm just kidding. You, you know why I say that? It's because I was right there with him in the office printing this out. And I'm like, oh, my God, print it, print it, print So we're both looking at each other during the break. We're laughing, you know. Oh, Lord Jesus. Hey, um, yeah, I'm just thankful to be here. Really, really thankful for Pastor DJ. Uh, we have an amazing pastor who loves us, who equips us, uh, but also gives people opportunities to share like this. Um, it's rare. I don't know if you guys know that, but it's very rare to have a pastor who's willing to say, oh, no, you, yeah, you do it. Oh, hey, you do this. You do that. It's okay. You know, I'll take the back seat. You do it. Um, and, and encourages and pushes. It's very rare to find someone like that. Um, and to just let, you know, little kids take over the whole son, uh, service last week. Uh, so let's just give it up for Pastor DJ. Yeah. He's awesome. All right. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. I want to pray real quick. Uh, Father, we thank you so much. We ask you right now, Father, to put your words in my mouth. God, would you allow me only to speak what you want me to speak, God? And don't allow me to speak anything that you don't want me to. Father, we thank you. I'm excited. I love you. Father, thank you for this opportunity, God. I just thank you so much. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, my Lord, I'm getting emotional already. You would think it's my first time preaching. Um, <laughs> all right, so... Uh, where are my cups? Have you seen my cups, Weston? Behind me? Okay, all right. I'm sure somebody moved them, Pastor D. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so. Oh, no. No, we're not taking communion. We're not sharing. All right. Um, all right, so. A lot of people, when they're wanting to know, hey, listen, I, I feel like I want to go into ministry or I want to, you know, I want God to use me. Right? I always use this analogy, and it's this analogy of a cup. Okay? Because a lot of people, they want to do certain things, or they want to be like, oh, I want to preach. Or, you know what? I would love to run this ministry. I would love to, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, and, and, but normally what happens is God is not really looking for that most of the times. Most of the time, God's like, oh, you're willing to serve? Hey, listen, I would really love for you to clean the bathrooms. And what happens is for most of us, we say, oh, yeah, nah, I'm okay. I think I'm okay. Right? And so I always use this, this, this analogy of a cup because what happens is this little cup right here is a cup that I use almost every single day. And every day I wash it, I dry it, and I put it back. Maybe a lot of you guys are like me, right? I have like the same six cups that we always use, right? The same six and we use them and then we wash them. We put them right back. And you, a lot of us have our same normal coffee cup that we love to use. You know, some of us don't, we don't care, but I do. I have a cup, you know, and, and Crystal has her cup. And every morning we use the same cup and we wash it, we dry it, we put it back. And every morning it's there. See, God wants you to be that cup. And if you're willing, and if you're willing to be available, and if you're willing to just be the cup that is there, that's washed, cleaned, and available, when you open the drawer, he will use you. Wow. He will use you. This is the problem. A lot of times, we're like this cup. 
and we're like, hey, um, hey, I want you to use me, but today I would really like some cold iced tea. And God's like, oh, well, I want milk. Oh, I don't want milk. I want cold iced tea. Pastor Kevin, I don't know what you're talking about. Let me tell you. Let me explain. I want you to vacuum. Oh, you want to be part of a ministry? I want you to go feed the homeless. Oh, you, you know, you want to be part, you want to be used by God. I want you to love that person at the Walmart register who has an attitude and can't stand working there. I want you to love her so much that it just bugs her and annoys her. and She doesn't know what to do. I want you to be kind to her. All right, let me put these aside. So this morning we are reading out of 1 Samuel 16, and I am, listen, I am excited. I'm telling you, I'm excited. And if it feels like I'm going to step on your feet, I am. And I, listen, it's only fitting because God, you know, tore me up first, okay? Every time I preach, I always tell you guys, it's because God just hammered me with it first. And so what they used to teach us in the military is it just rolls downhill, right? Right? <laughs> All right, so... Uh, really quick, let me give you the back, uh, the back story of what's happening in 1 Samuel 15. What happens is, again, this is the Kevin version. All right, so you guys stay with me. Strap in your seatbelts. Here we go. 1 Samuel 15, what happens is uh, uh, Saul, he doesn't listen. He disobeys. God says, hey, I want you to kill everything, everybody. I don't want you to leave nothing there. And he's like, well, I'm not really willing to do that. I really like the nice cattle. I really like this. I really like that. Basically, what it boils down to is Saul was afraid of the people. And so he rather disobey God to please people. Wow. And so what happens is and, uh, at the end of uh, the chapter 15, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, the kingdom of God is torn from him. And Samuel tells him, now the kingdom of God is torn from you. It will be given to another person. And so... We, that leads us into 1 Samuel 16, okay? And so let's go ahead and start. And I'm going to read through this a little bit, and then we will continue uh, going. So you guys uh, stay with me, all right? Get ready to use your little fingers to flip through the Bible or use your eyes to read, because here we go. All right, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. This is very important. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. All right, let's keep going. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Oh, that's a cow. <laughs> if you didn't know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I have teens. All right, so I have to like, I have to tell them a lot. All right. Um, <laughs> verse three, invite Jesse to the sacrifice. This is important. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Verse 4, Samuel did what the Lord said. And when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. And they asked, do you come in peace? All right, let's keep going. Number five, verse five, Samuel replied, yes, in peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Now pay attention to this, all right, guys, here we go. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Okay, just a quick little side note. I don't know if you guys love Bible stuff. I do, I absolutely love it. Quick side note, there is a difference 
You see how he told the elders, hey, go consecrate yourselves. But then he stopped and he, what? Consecrated Jesse and his sons, right? Do you know why? The reason he did this is because he had to do the anointing in private. And so the only way that he could do that in private was to anoint or consecrate them individually. Keep it all, keep, this is another side note. Keep in mind that when he went to the elders, he didn't go say, hey, go and bring for me Jesse. Why? Because Jesse was one of the elders. Right? Just some side notes that I, that I, I love, okay? So uh, this is important though. This is important because when it says that he, con- he had to consecrate Jesse and his sons, that means that's why he was in Jesse's house. Everybody else, they had to go and do the rituals of cleaning and consecrating themselves. Mostly that's like a bath and you have to clean. And that's found in the book of Exodus if you want to read more into that of what the requirements were. Okay. But Jesse and his sons, they had to go to his house because he was consecrating him. And so this is where the story picks up. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. All right, so check this out. This is what I picture here, right? He says Eliab walks in, right? And I'm picturing like the rock with hair. You know what I mean? Like the rock or like maybe Thor. Maybe you're like a Thor guy. You know, right? the, the buff Thor, not the like, you know, the one that let himself go. Not that one. The buff Thor, right? So he walks in like, yo, how you doing? What's going on? I'm Eliab, Right. And he looks so much like big, strong, handsome, cut dude, man of steel, that the prophet Samuel's like, whoa, wow, wow. You know, look like the rock. You know, if you walk in, everybody be like, whoa, dude's ripped, right? He walks in, Samuel's like, wow, this is it. Here's the next king of Israel. And I love what God tells him. Let's go ahead and read it. Verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? Heart. He looks at the heart. It's so funny because we live in a culture where everything is outward appearance. Right. Everything. Oh, look at the Instagram. Oh my God, I can't believe she's in Cabo again. She's in Hawaii and like the whole time it's like a green screen, you know. She's like, oh, you know. And it's, it's so fake. Like we live in a world where everything is outward appearance. Everything is, oh, look what they look like. Look what they're wearing. Look what they're driving. But God doesn't care about any of that. He's like, oh, well, look at their heart. Oh yeah, he might drive a old 89 Toyota Corolla, but look at his heart. It's made of gold. I have chosen him. I love him. Come on. Come on. Mm. I love this. Okay. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Let me stop right here. I need to tell y'all what's going on. All right. Let me tell you what's going on. Remember what I told y'all in the beginning? Didn't I tell y'all in the beginning that he said, I'm, I'm, I'm having a party, right? I'm having a, uh, a get-together with Jesse and his what? Sons, plural. But guess who wasn't at the party? Guess who wasn't invited? Come on, everybody knows this story. David. David. Ah, he's insignificant. Oh, he'll never, you know. That, you know that's what they told me. when they, well, Actually, they told my mama that. They told my mom, oh, he'll be in, in jail before he even gets to high school. 
Oh, he's, he's no good. I will not be surprised if he's in prison. Right? That's what they told my mom about me. And this is what they're telling David. This is what's happening. I mean, listen, just think about this, right? Think about you're going to eat with, uh, let's say, a four-star general, which is very uncommon. But let's just say a four-star general, right? And he's like, hey, I want to come eat with you, Brandon Purdue. I'm coming to your house. And I want to meet you and your family. So the normal thing is that when the four-star general comes to Brandon Purdue's house, he's going to be there with his entire family. And this is what's happening. Samuel is coming and he wants to sit down with the whole family. And yet there's somebody missing. There is someone missing. His name is David. And the reason he is missing is because the family thought he's insignificant. Let me read you this song. Maybe you know it by heart. And as we read the rest of this, maybe you'll start to kind of piece some things together. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but it just really sounds accurate to me. So I'm going to read it to you, right? You guys have heard that verse that says, um, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows, wow. right? Let me, let me keep reading. Let me keep reading. Watch this. So verse 9 Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 8, the end of verse 8 says, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Verse 9, Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. So Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, like any good leader, Yo, Jesse, are these all of your sons? Like, I don't understand. Like, something's not adding up. God said, you and all of your sons. God said, I'm going to anoint one of your sons. But you're saying these are all of your sons. Like, what's going on? Right? And so he's like, oh, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. This is so funny to me. Because if you just keep reading, you'll just, like, miss it. But it's so funny because Jesse never says, oh, there's still the youngest. Let me go get him. He doesn't say that. Jesse doesn't say, oh, there's still the youngest. Let me go get him. No, he says, oh, there's the youngest, but he's tending sheep. You know, it's funny because a lot of, a lot of times we have been treated that way. Ah, well, he's, ah, he's just, he's just so-and-so. Hey, can you ask somebody to pray for me? Can you guys pray for me? Oh, yeah, oh, I'll pray for you, but nah, don't ask so-and-so. They're not, eh, they're not, eh. So there's a youngest Jesse answered, and he is tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. I love this. See, this is where, whoo, I prepare a table before you in the presence of my, of my, of your enemies, you know, oh Lord Jesus. I'm telling you guys, this is, it gets so good because it says this. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Let me tell you what just happened. God flipped the whole table. They're like, ah, oh, that little runt, he's not even significant. Ah, he's tending the sheep. Nobody wants him anyways. He's stinky. He doesn't deserve to be in this amazing dinner of honor. He doesn't deserve to be here. Why should he be here? He stinks. He's probably stepping all over sheep poop. And ah, you know, who wants that guy in here? And then, right, you prepare a table before me. And then from the father, Jesse, to the sons, all of them, all seven, had a stand because that's what you do for the guest of honor. You stand and you wait. You wait. They can't eat. They can't touch nothing now. All of a sudden, they're like, no, 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 stand at attention. All my military folks are here. Yeah, stand at attention. All of a sudden, 
David went from the runt of the pack, insignificant little kid who's just taking care of sheep into the place of honor. And everybody is standing at attention, waiting for this little kid, David, to come into the room. Oh, I love this. Watch this. Verse 12. So he sent for him and had him brought in. And he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance. Come on. And handsome features. So when I read that, I thought of like Tom Holland. You know what I mean? Like a young Tom Holland walking in like, hey, how you guys doing? You know, if you don't know who that is, it's the Spider-Man, the the new Spider-Man. All right. I know, I know, I had to explain it. Okay. All right. Then I love this. Check this out. I love this. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Let me tell you something. You know what the Lord didn't say? You want to know what the Lord didn't say? Rise and go consecrate him. That's a little weird, ain't it? He didn't say rise and go consecrate him. He didn't say go rise and go wash his feet. But the father and the sons, he had to consecrate. But it's funny because God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He didn't care what was on him. He didn't care what he smelled like. All he cared was about his heart. David didn't need to be consecrated because he already was consecrated. His heart was already before, he was already right before the Lord. How do I know that? Because God chose him as king. And he said, I have chosen someone after my own heart. He doesn't need to be consecrated. He already was. He already was washed, cleaned, and available. He was ready. Oh, man, that was so good. All right. I I love this, man. Y'all just don't understand. Okay. Okay, so my first... This is my very, very first note today. I only have three. Don't worry. My first note today or point, if you're writing them down, uh, and if you're not, do me a favor, write it down. (laughs) Uh, And that is, and this is very important, be faithful in your ministry. Be faithful in your ministry, whether that's watching kids, whether that's changing diapers, whether that's working at the cash register, whether that's working at the fire department, whether that's being a cop, a welder, an engineer, I don't care what it is. Be faithful in what you're doing. Let me tell you something about David. Let me tell you something about David. David was an amazing, brave warrior. Before he ever fought Goliath. David was an amazing, like, guitar player. It's really a lyre. It's a harp. But I'm just going to say guitar. You know, it's like an electric. You know, he's, like, really, really good at it, right? No, no, no. Seriously. Like, he's amazing. He's so good that when the king needs somebody to play for him, and not just play, but play with anointing that demons have to go, they call David. Keep in mind, again, before. Everybody say before. Before he ever met Goliath on the field. Before he ever met Goliath on the field. Where did they find David? In the field. Being faithful to the little insignificant jobs that his father had given him that probably could have been done by a servant. But David was doing them and he was doing them faithfully. While, check this out, while being an anointed guitar player by, you know, anointed by God. Again, it was a liar, but I'm going to keep saying guitar. So, you know, 
check this out, man. This is really, really important. Because in the day we live today, you know, when you find an amazing, talented, anointed guitar player, they're normally too good to wash the bathrooms or too good to do laundry or they don't want to feed the poor or, or they don't want to pray for somebody. They don't even want to get on their knees and pray. But David, a man after God's own heart, a man who was talented and anointed and a man who was, uh, uh, the Bible calls him, we're going to read that right now. The Bible calls him a mighty warrior before, again, before Goliath. Mighty warrior, and he's tending sheep. And guess what? He had a good attitude about it. I'm going to tend my father's sheep. It's all good. I might be the best guitar player in the land. I mean, I'm well known. I could go play at the next pub, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it would be called, like the Jericho's pub or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, because it gets down there. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I, I got to stop. All right. <laughs> but, but, ser but seriously, like David is talented. He's anointed. He's blessed. And he's tending sheep. See, sometimes we think our identity comes in what we do. But your identity comes in who you are. Right. Why you're doing it. Man, I, you know, sometimes we just don't get it. Like in the book of Acts, you find this guy that he is so excited. He's so full of the spirit of God. He's one of the very first who sees Jesus on the throne. And what did he do? He served food. His name was Stephen. Stephen. And he would serve food to the widows and to the poor. His name was Stephen, and he was filled with the Spirit of God, and he was a busboy and loved it and full of the Spirit and saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father in all of his glory. And then as he's dying, he says, don't charge them with this sin. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I don't know where that came from. That's on the notes, but. Okay. Let's keep going. Verse 14. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I didn't get to the 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David and Samuel went to Ramah. Verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendants said to him, see, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. All right, let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the liar. He will play, and when the, devil, uh, the evil spirit from God comes on you, you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays what? Well. Si find someone who plays what? Well. That's why I say he was an amazing guitar player, liar player. Amazing. Talented, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a what? Brave man. Just keep in mind, we haven't got to Goliath. That's weird, right? He's known as a brave man, a man of talent and anointed. And they don't even know that he's been anointed the next king. Just so you know, because remember what I told you? They had to consecrate him in private. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. Side note, 
And what is he doing, guys? What is he doing? He's tending sheep. He's fine looking. He's well built. He's anointed. He can play like nobody's business. And he's tending sheep. And right here in verse uh, 18, he's already anointed to be the next king of Israel. You know, that's like winning the lottery and, and, and not being able to plan ahead or buy anything. Oh, I love the last part. He speaks well and is a fine looking man and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David who is with the what? If you would be faithful in the little things and the jobs that you're already called to, then that's where God will find you. When it's time to do something big. The problem is we don't want to do nothing small. But if you will do the small things, if you will do the insignificant things like, oh, let me wake up a little early. Let me pray. Let me read my Bible. Let me have a little Bible study. You know what? Let me pray for this person. Let me go and pray for somebody at Starbucks. Let me pay for somebody as I'm going through McDonald's. It's nothing huge. It's these little insignificant or so people think things that God is wanting to use you in. He wants this, a cup that's washed clean and ready now. Not a cup that's like, oh, well, I'm going to reserve myself for like, you know, the nice stuff. Like when it's time, like at Thanksgiving dinner, once a year to like really go all out and do something for the glory of God, then I want to be used. God's not looking for that. God is looking for you. God is looking for you. God is looking for you. God is looking for you to do and to be faithful in the little things that you're being called to right now. And and listen, that means you being, if you don't, okay, let me back up. Number one, all of you have a ministry. The issue is we don't think we have a ministry. Well, I don't have a ministry. I'm just a carpenter. You know, I don't know why we label ourselves after the things that we do. We, that, that becomes our identity for some reason. Oh, I'm a painter. No, you're not a painter. You're a son of God. And you may paint really fantastically, but you're a son of God. And even in your painting, you can bless others. Even in your paintings, you can tell somebody about Jesus. You know how I know? Because my dad does it all the time. Where's Miss Phyllis? Miss Phyllis was with my dad um, this, last, this last week. They're all talking about the Lord, and he's giving her a quote, and working on the roof, and they're talking about Jesus. Don't tell me you can't be a contractor or a painter and talk about Jesus. Don't tell me you can't be be bagging groceries and smile at somebody and say, God loves you. Or if that's too religious for you, you can say, have an amazing day. Let me tell you about this story that we've told a couple of times. Uh, There's a story of this guy that jumped off the San Francisco Bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, I think it was. Maybe you guys have heard it. It's actually, it's very out there. It's very open. You can Google it. And he went from his apartment all the way to the middle of the bridge. And he said, if one person just talks to me, if one person just smiles at me and says, hi, how are you doing? I won't jump. And he got all the way to the middle of the bridge. No one said anything. And so he jumped. And by the grace of God, he survived. And so now what he does, he actually goes around with the security guard that was there on the bridge. And they go around and they do motivational speeches and they talk about what happened. And the security guard said that he saw him and he knew he looked terrible. It was like a cloud hanging over his head, but he didn't do anything. 
And so if you think that your little job is insignificant, you're wrong. Because the next king of Israel is tending sheep. The next anointed, fine-looking man is what the Bible says. I'm just saying, the Bible, you know, hey, black and white. All right, so it says, send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. Verse 21. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Oh, I love this part. Whenever the spirit from God came on Saul, that tormenting spirit, David would take up his lyre and play, and then relief would come to Saul, and he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Right? Didn't I tell you he was an anointed? Not just really good at the lyre, but he was anointed. It means when he played, demons trembled. And they fled. Okay, so he was talented. Good looking, fine, talented, anointed, the next king. All right, here we go. Now the Philistines, 1 Samuel 17. Here we go. I told y'all we were going to read the Bible today. I don't know if you came to church and expected to not read the Bible. Hey, this is the gathering place. Y'all better get ready. Okay, here we go. 1 Samuel 17. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Socho in Judah. Oh, wait, let me give you my second point. Oh, you know what? I'm going to skip a little bit. If you don't know, here, I'll give you the Kevin version real quick. What's going on is this. The army of uh, the Philistine army and the uh, Israel army, they're drawing up battle lines. They're getting ready. This is the story of uh, Goliath. You got a lot of you know this story, right? They're, they're meeting up. What's up, bro? What you want to do? Okay, here we go. All right, all right. You know, and so, you know, they're talking, Matt Smack. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, whatever. And then all of a sudden, this giant comes and's like, hey, my name's Goliath. I'll tell you what. Oh, uh, let's not fight, you know, people to people, which is funny, side note. That's kind of funny, right? How he wants to isolate. How he doesn't want the people of God to come together and fight because he knows that the people of God will come together, there will be victory, right? But hey, hey, it's okay. He wants to isolate the situation like many of you. Ah, you're not, you know, you don't need prayer. Just go into your closet by yourself. Ah, you don't, you don't need to worry about that job issue. You don't need to tell nobody about that. You just, you just hang on to that. You know, don't worry about it. That self-isolation. See, that's what the giant wants to do to you. He wants to self-isolate you. So you, you get all wrapped up in depression and think that it's only you and the giant when there's an entire people of God ready to go to war. Can I get an amen? All right. Sorry. Okay. So, so that's what's going on. They're getting together. Um, David shows up. This is so funny, man. This is funny to me. So this is what happens. All right. Watch out. A mind-blowing mission. You ready? Mind-blowing mission. David gets sent as the very first Uber Eats. He gets, he does, seriously. He's the very first Uber Eats. His dad is like, hey, David, uh, I'm going to need you to take some uh, bread and cheese and take it to your brothers uh, down there at the war. Okay? They're at the battle line. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and get some, uh, some grain, some roasted grain, some bread and some cheese, and I need you to go down there and just take it to them. Right? It sounds like Uber Eats to me. Anyways, um, so day, uh, here we go. I'm going to pick it up in verse 13. 
Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war, and the firstborn was Eliab. Remember the guy that looks like the rock with hair? All right. Uh, the second, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul. But David, oh, I love this part. Y'all get ready. Somebody say get ready. get ready. All right, here we go. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep. He's anointed the next king of Israel. Amazing guitar player, like I told you guys. Will shred it. I mean, can go in any band he wants. Gets enlisted to jam out for the king, which probably comes with a lot of amazing benefits. So he is now very famous, very well known apparently. Kind of, not really. And yet, he's where? Going back and forth and tending his father's sheep. See, some of us, we think, oh, I'm now on the worship team. So that means I don't have to move these chairs. Not here, I'm just saying, you know. Some of us think, oh, I'm a preacher. I'm bringing the word this week. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z, right? But the issue is that is not true. God is looking for this, not this. He doesn't care if you can bring a good word. He doesn't care if you're an amazing elder of the church and an amazing worship pastor. And you, he does not care. He just wants you to be obedient. He's like, oh, that's so awesome, man. Oh, you're awesome. Hey, man, uh, do me a favor. Go pray for that lady over there. Go pray for that man over there. Ah, that, I mean, uh, you know, if you're asking me to go shred the guitar or something, you know, I'll go do like a pro bono thing. I'll go do it for free. How about that? But that's not what God is asking of us. God is asking you to be available and to be faithful in the little. In the little. This is my second point. If you're writing it down. If you're not, there'll be a test at the end. Um, no. My number, my two, my number two point, my second point tonight, or this morning, oh, Lord Jesus. Um, I'm sorry, I get too excited. Okay, my second point is this. Be ready to wait. Hey, listen, the military prepared us for this. Huh, Pastor DJ? Man, the military prepared us for this. They would always say, oh, hurry up and wait. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're not going to do that for like another hour. The training exercise doesn't even start for like another hour. I'm like, what? But, but why are we here early? Be ready to wait. Do you understand that David is the next chosen king by God, and yet he is doing an Uber Eats order? He is tending the sheep and he's taking cheese and bread. Hey, how you guys doing here? I'm bringing you some cheese and bread from, the, from Pops from Papa down there, but he's the next king. Listen, we live in a culture where we want everything. We want it what? Now. It's like Burger King. We want it our way. And we want it now. See, this is what happens. A lot of us are called. A lot of us are anointed. And a lot of us are chosen, but none of us want to wait. You know, we think because God says, I've called you to be a pastor, that that means I'm a pastor now. And we don't think that there's a process behind the calling. See, David was anointed, chosen, and called to be the next king. But he, would, he knew, he understood that there was a process in the field 
tending sheep, or we call that a pastor. So he had a pastor's heart. And the only way that he could cultivate this pastor's heart was tending sheep. He understood the importance of protecting God's sheep because even when lions and bears would come, he would rip them and shred them apart. And if you will be faithful in those little insignificant things, God will find you there and bring you to your Goliath. Bring you to your next mountain. Bring you to the next glory, right? We go from glory to glory. But you have to be found. The problem is none of us are found in the fields. Well, a lot of us. I'm not going to say all of us. A lot of people aren't found in the field. They're like, hey, man, uh, where's the son of Jesse? He's the next king. Oh, he's not here. He's, he's jamming out with his buddies. All right, well, mm-hmm. what do you want me to do, God? We have to be found being faithful in the little. We have to be found being faithful in the ministry that you have now. Don't complain about your job. Don't sit there and wallow and complain about how horrible they are. It's your fault. You're not doing your ministry. Well, Pastor Kevin, what's my ministry? To bring heaven culture now. The kingdom of God is bringing the heavens culture right here, right now. Like colonization. If you've ever seen like, you know, the Great Britain and you know how they colonized places. And, and so what they did was they would bring their government to that place and they would teach the people what that government's supposed to look like. That's, right. That's your job. You're to colonize. You're to come and bring the culture of heaven here now. What is that culture? To love. What is that culture to be different? What is that culture to be merciful, to love my neighbor as myself, to love God with all of my heart, my mind, and my soul? And if we will do that, the culture will change. The word of God says that the darkness has not overcome the light. You are the light. You are the light of the world. But be ready to wait. This cup, I use it maybe for an hour. Then I wash it, then I clean it, and then it goes back to wait. And if this cup could talk to me, it'd probably be like, ah, I want you to use me now. I want you to use me. I'd be like, hey, man, stop. I use you when I feel like it. I don't want to drink any more juice, you know, I, whatever, you know. Um, but a lot of us are like this cup. It, a lot of us are like that, you know. All of a sudden, the scrubbing pad comes out. Oh, I don't like that. Ah, oh, that hurts. Oh my God, I got a flat tire. This is so dumb. Oh my God, I'm having a red light again. Oh, this is so dumb. Oh, I'm in a traffic jam. I can't stand this. And the Brillo pad is being out and it's cleaning and it kind of hurts a little bit, but we don't like it. We'd rather be a dirty cup. Ah, just leave. Ah, that hurts too much. Just leave me alone. Ah. But the process in your life, the troubles that come in your life, that's like the Brillo pad. It's like the Brillo pad. It'll wear on you a little bit, but it's meant to produce something better if you will allow it to. If you will allow it to. If you change your perspective and your mindset about the Brillo pad. Because you can be like, oh, I don't like this thing. It hurts. Or you can say, oh, I'm getting clean. Oh, I'm looking better. What are you up to? What is your perspective on how God is using the things in your life? I'm not telling you that God's sending you a bad junk all the time. I'm not saying that. I'm not telling you he's sending you flat tires and stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But I will tell you that the word of God says that Jesus said in the red letters, 
you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus promised you trouble. He said, hey, listen, this is a broken earth. This is a broken system. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, the whole earth is broken. So there's going to be problems. And if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And if they laughed at me, they will laugh at you. They spit in my face, they will spit in your face. Don't think you're greater than the master. Bread letters. This is just Jesus talking. I'm just repeating it. So as you know the story, verse 16, for 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening evening, and looked and took his stand. All right. All right, the last thing here. Let's go to uh, 17, verse 49. I say last, but that might last a while. So. <laughs> All right. Um, 17, 49. Uh, verse 47 says, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And as the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead, and the stone, the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. And so David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him, and he took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. Okay, so my last little point today. This is very important. Very, very important. Y'all listen up. Remember when I was talking about the Brillo pad? My last little note, my last little point today. This morning is this. The crushing is important. Without crushing, there is no oil. Without crushing of grapes, there is no wine. You can't have wine and no crushing. What does that mean? You can't have anointing in your life without having to go through something. You can't have my ministry if you don't go through what I've gone through. You can't go through Pastor DJ's ministry and do exactly what he's doing unless you go through what he's gone through. Or you listen to their advice. Because that's why we're here. So you don't have to go through what we went through. Right. If you will listen to the advice. We have elders and pastors and teachers. But remember this. You will be crushed. If you're a Christian and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will be crushed. It may be through something really hard. Maybe for you it was a terrible divorce. Maybe for you it was a horrible sickness. Maybe for you it was a, a financial situation. Maybe for you it was a spiritual situation. Maybe for you it was a suicidal situation. No matter what it was, you will be crushed. But what you do with that crushing depends on you. Whether you allow it to just go all over the floor or, or if you allow it to be poured into a cup, it's all up to you. But you can't have anointing without crushing. I'll tell you right now. You cannot have anointing without crushing. The problem is we all want anointing. We all want a, a ministry. We all want to be a pastor. We all want this amazing, oh my gosh, he's just oh, he's so full of the Lord. But we don't want to go through the crushing. 
the waking up at four in the morning or three in the morning like Pastor DJ. Let me tell you a side note. Be yourselves. Be yourselves. Let me, let me read something for you. This is actually not in my notes, but it's so interesting. This is after he kills Goliath. Oh, I'm sorry. This is before. So here we go. Verse 36. I love this. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him, a bronze helmet and on his head. And David fastened on his sword over the tunic. And he tried walking around because he was not used to them. But he said, I cannot go in these. Uh, he, he said that to Saul because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the uh, stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. All that to say, be yourself. David didn't fit in the armor of Saul. He wasn't Saul. He didn't look like him. He didn't fit like him. He wasn't the same stature or, or, or the same build as him, the same warrior as him. But David was more effective. David was unafraid. Be yourselves. God is not looking for another Pastor Kevin. He is not looking for another Pastor DJ, uh, Pastor Brother Furchick, Stephen, whatever, you know, uh, uh, the, next, the next Benny Heem, the next. He is not. He's looking for you. He's not looking for this. He's looking for this. He's looking for the person that says, oh, I'll go. You can pour whatever you want in me. I'll take milk, water. I really don't care. Coffee, whatever you want. I really don't care. As long as you're doing it, I'm good with it. God is looking for you. Not for the next so-and-so. He's looking for you because you're awesome. Because you're amazing. Because you're worth it. Because his son died for you. So as we get ready to close this morning, I'm really here to tell you that God loves you, but he's ready to use you. If you will be washed, cleaned, and available, it's really not that hard. Oh, wash, clean, and available. That sounds weird. That sounds kind of hard. I wonder how many days I have to fast for that. None. You say, Lord, forgive me. Help me. Here I am. Whatever you want to do, wherever you want me to serve, if it's with the kids, if it's with the teens, if it's with production, if it's with cleaning, if it's with vacuuming, if it's with whatever, I really don't care. You want me to make a meal for somebody? Here I am. Here I am. Use me. Don't be picky. I know it's weird. You know, you got this... 30-year-old telling you stuff and screaming. You're like, oh my gosh. I'm telling you, 
the only reason I bring this to you guys is because it crushed me first. I always say that. It crushed me first. But I got to tell you, you know, you have people that love you and we're living it out. And I don't say that in a prideful way at all. You got my students right here. They'll tell you we're, we're, we're moving and hauling stuff, and getting nasty and cut up and, and dusty on a Thursday. Pastor DJ is looking for stuff and bringing tables and stuff to a walk of life on a Saturday while the game is on. You know, Pastor Julie's staying up at night trying to make graphics. Tending sheep, tending sheep, tending sheep. Pastor DJ could go preach somewhere. He doesn't have to be here today. He's like, oh, Pastor Kevin's preaching. I could go preach and he could probably preach in five, six, seven different churches today. He's tending sheep. Just because you're called and anointed and chosen doesn't mean you don't have to be crushed and you don't have to wait your turn. But do me a favor. Be a Barnabas. Be a Barnabas. Be a David this morning. If you don't know the story of Barnabas, I highly recommend you go read it. Barnabas was just like David. He was anointed. He was called. He was chosen. He was sent to Antioch. If you don't know what Antioch is, it's the very first church or the very first place where they called people Christians. And you know who was sent there? Not Paul, Barnabas. But Barnabas said, hey man, I know somebody that's really awesome. And I can probably do this ministry, but I'm going to go get this guy named Paul. And he went back to Tarsus and he grabbed this guy named Paul and he said, hey bro, let's do this together. And he brought Paul to Antioch and the whole church exploded. Thousands of people were saved because he wasn't selfish. Because Barnabas was willing, he would rather be the guy that helps Paul than the guy that says, Let me take all the credit. Who are you willing to be this morning? Who do you want to be this morning? Do you want to be the cup that's used? Or do you want to be the cup that's reserved and too good to serve? Go ahead and stand to your feet. Father, I just ask that you would sprinkle your love and grace on these words, God. Don't let them come across as harsh, Father, because I love them so much. Oh, Father, I ask that you would create in us a heart after your own heart, that you would give us clean hands, and that you would make us like you, Jesus. Father, I ask that as we go throughout our week, that you would open our eyes to see the ministry you have laid before us. That as we go to work, God, you would open the eyes of everybody to see the little times in the field with the sheep, God, that we would see an opportunity for what it really is an opportunity to minister, an opportunity to share about you, Jesus. God, open our eyes, open our hearts. Help us to not grow cold or hard. God, help us to be soft and help us to be filled with your love. God, I ask this morning that you would make us a people who is washed, clean, and available, a people who say, send me, I am here to go. 
And Father, I just bless every individual in this place who has served and continues to serve. God, thank you so much for the people in production that nobody sees. Thank you for the people in live stream that nobody sees. Thank you for Miss Barbara and the team that's making coffee and water. And thank you so much, Father God, for the people on Wednesday night that just watched the door, God. Even though it looks insignificant, it matters, God. Thank you for all of our volunteers who, who are helping in the back, God, day after day, week after week, year after year. Father, thank you. We ask that you would bless them, God. Not just, oh, Father, just bless them, God. Do something that only you can do, God, that would bring glory to your name. Father, I thank you for this time that you've given us. I thank you for this time you've given me, God, to share your word. Father, I love you. I thank you. God, this morning, I thank you for a chosen people. I thank you for a called people. I thank you for a people who love to worship you, who love to serve you, God. We have a church full of people who love you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for their hearts. Thank you that they love you, God. God, continue to create in us a heart after your own heart, God. Let us do everything we do for you, Jesus, as if we're doing it for you, Jesus. Whether it's washing dishes, cleaning up the bed, preaching, whatever it is, God, remind us today that we do it for you. We do it for your glory, God. In Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, listen, I, I really do love you guys so much. Um, sometimes I feel I get so, like, passionate, it almost comes off as mean, but I promise you I love you guys. And um, before you leave today, if you would like prayer... If you're like, hey, Pastor Kevin, I feel kind of called. I feel like I'm anointed. I feel like I'm in a waiting season. What should I do? Uh, we're going to have people up here today. We're gonna, You know what? You're going to come up here today. If you feel like you're stuck in a rut, if you feel like I don't know what to do, where is my calling? What is my ministry? I want you to come up here this morning. And we're going to just pray for you. And you know what? We're not going to tell you what it is. We're just going to ask God to reveal it to you. We're going to ask for God's revelation to come. Okay? So, listen, we love you. If you'd like to give, you guys know you can give online. Uh, but we love you. I'm going to hand this over back to Pastor DJ. And I'll see you next week. Thank you, brother. Come on. Let's give it up for Kevin. One thing, if you haven't noticed, but I've been around Kevin for a bit now. And from the minute that he walked in the door, probably like five five years ago, I think is what we figured it out. Um, he was always willing to serve. Yes. Always willing to serve. And because of that, he got put in positions to serve. And because of that, he was then elevated and anointed and, and appointed in positions. It wasn't because he came in and said, I'm ordained and I'm all this and I'm here. In fact, I had to pry it out of him. Because I wasn't even a pastor at the time. I was just teaching classes. Um, but that's what, that's what Kevin brings to the table. He loves your kids. 
He loves to serve. He's trying to teach them to have a servant's heart. He's trying to teach them to walk out the same path he's walking out. So that's what I love about him and his wife and his kids. We were down handing out food yesterday, and Nini's in the, inside the food trail, and she's just wrapping and handing food as fast as she could go because there was a line of people waiting to get food, and she was just going at it and going at it, going at it because she loves to serve. It's all in his family. I mean, this, this little one just gave a message last week, and she didn't hesitate. She didn't hesitate when asked to do that. That's huge. You got to remember this, that, that the name David means beloved. So he knew his identity before he ever walked into any calling. That's important. That's why you need to understand who you are, that you are beloved, that you are a son or daughter. That's what gave him the power to walk in what it was. A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't understand how much they're loved. But when you accept that identity in your life, he'll use you in amazing ways. There's a lot of people that stumble right there because they don't believe it. They don't know it. They don't understand the level they're loved. And therefore, they'll sit in that same little spin cycle, you know, being used once in a while, being used once in a while. Once you understand how loved you are and how forgiven and how much he, just the amount of love he has for you, it opens doors. It opens doors. He'll start using you in an amazing way. So uh, great message today, Kevin. We love you, brother. Wouldn't want to do it without you, bro. Yeah, I'll do the offering today just because I never get to do the offering because they don't like me doing the offering. Because here's the thing. We love to give. I don't have to preach on it. I don't have to talk about it. I don't have to twist your arm. We know what God's done in our life because of that we give. We give cheerfully. So look, if, if you're not cheerful to give, don't give. I, I'd rather you keep it <laughs> than give it and be like, I can't believe I got to give money. I can't believe. So um, that's completely up to you. I, I just know God will bless it. Uh, we're very thankful for everybody that gives. Because of you, we get to do amazing things. We get to support world missions, national missions, local missions. We get to do that because of you. So thank you for that. That's huge. So I just want to pray over that offering. You can give online. You can give. The ushers will be at the door. Other than that, we do have prayer partners up here. Please don't leave today without getting prayed for. If you need prayer, please come and get your prayer. Please let us pray over you. We'll be here until the last person. Okay, so, so let me just pray over that in service and, and we'll dismiss you and you guys can have a blessed day. So Father, we love you. We just love you, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you that we can come together and worship you. We thank you we can come together freely and just do this, to gather uh, to worship you, Father. And we thank you for the blessings in this house. We thank you for the miracles that are happening in this house. Yes. Father, we're thankful for what you're gonna do even today, Father. The word that was spoken today, we thank you for a timely message, Father. Yes. So, Father, we ask you to, to, as that travels out across the airways, Father, God, let it, let it touch everybody within its, in the sound of that, Lord, and, and let it change lives, Lord. Let it sink down in their hearts and let it change lives. So, Father, we lift up the offering to you this morning. We ask you to bless the gift, bless the giver, Lord. Uh, we just know you want to do big things, Father. You have a big vision, and we thank you that we get to be part of that. So, Lord, we just have faith in that, and we believe. So we just love you, Lord. And Father, I ask you to bless every person here today. Father, we ask you to bless them. Those that are watching online, be with them, guide them throughout the week. Father, use us. Use us this week. Put people in front of us for us to, to just share with and to love on, Father. Let, let us be a light in the darkness this week, Father. Specifically, Father, we just ask for divine appointments this week. So, Lord, we surrender it all to you. Father, have your way in our lives and in our families and in everything we do. 
In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, we love you guys. We thank you. We look forward to seeing everybody next week. Don't leave without prayer. <laughs> See y'all next week. <laughs>